You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. I'm excited to bring a word today. We have a new series, Lifting the Standard. And um, I have a word, really. I guess it's kind of the link between the Love and War series and this one. And uh, it's something I want to preach at every campus. As our world grows increasingly more confused, and and you guys can grab a seat. Thank you for serving so faithfully. As our world grows more and more confused, it's more imperative that God's house is a place where people find truth and life and, and the right way to do things. And I think it's a sad day when the church becomes an echo of the world instead of an echo of the Word. And so we're always gonna we're always gonna bring the word of God. You can guarantee that you're always gonna hear truth at Awaken Church, and that truth is not sent out to offend; it's sent to liberate. The Bible says, "Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free." So I'm gonna bring some truth today. I want to share a story from the book of Samuel, chapter number one, 1 Samuel chapter number one. This story, for those of you who have read it, uh, really centres around a woman by the name of Hannah. And she's she's the star of the story, and she should be. However, in most stories, there's usually more than one character. And in this one, that's true. There is a husband who stood alongside and supported this amazing woman, who ended up having one of the most incredible breakthroughs that we read in the entire Bible. And I'm gonna just give you a little bit of a synopsis of the story. It encompasses the first chapter of Samuel, as opposed to reading a whole lot of scripture, I'm just gonna tell you what happened. So there was a man, his name was Elkanah, and he had two wives, wouldn't suggest it. In fact, it's illegal today, but it was okay in the culture of those times. He had two wives, one was named Peninnah and the other was named Hannah. Now Peninnah had children, But Hannah had no children. The Bible says that the Lord had closed her womb. So we find that throughout this story, it is interlaced with a level of persecution and hardship that Hannah faced because she was barren. And uh, she was miserable, the Bible says, because of her barrenness and she was depressed and she wouldn't eat. And she went with her husband and the family to Shiloh to worship the Lord. And Elkanah and Hannah were having dinner. And the Bible says that she was depressed and miserable and she would not eat. And then her husband Elkanah said to her, Hannah, why are you depressed and miserable and not eating? Have I not been better to you than 10 sons? Okay, let's just, let's just take a minute to enjoy and appreciate the ego of a man. And then the Bible says that that Hannah arose and she went to the altar of God when everybody else had left and everybody else was off having lunch break. Hannah came to the altar of God and the Bible says that she poured out her complaint to the Lord. And then Eli, the priest, was watching this thing happen and take place and he looked at her and he's like, that's odd. Her lips are moving, but she's not making any sound. She must be drunk. This is the point where you understand that sometimes pastors get it wrong. They are human too. And then he goes over to to rebuke her and he says, oh, get your wine away from you, woman. Why are you drunk at the house of the Lord? This isn't Jersey Shore. (laughs) And, And she, instead of getting all offended because he'd misread the situation and going out and writing a Yelp review, Instead, was like, oh, no, my Lord, do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief, I have spoken till now. 
Then he apologises. Oops, sorry. Um, Let me add an amen to your prayer. Let, Let the Lord grant the petition that you have asked of him. Then the Bible says that this barren woman who was depressed and who was sorrowful and wouldn't eat stood up and her face was no longer sad because she'd received a word from the Lord. And the Bible says that they went home together and then Elkanah knew his wife, read between the lines, Hannah, because faith without works is dead, (laughs) knew his wife and then they conceived and over the process of time, they conceived a son and they named him Samuel saying, because I've asked of him from the Lord. And then they dedicated that baby when it was time to the Lord and he became an incredible prophet. All right. What's the point I'm trying to make? I'm trying to make this point today. I want to talk about what it looks like for a man to truly love a woman rightly. Because in our culture, we have some blurred lines because of the confusion of our culture and because we've, well, a lot of people have tossed God out. There's now some, there's now some confusion and instead of seeing men as men and women as women, we've tried to just make everybody androgynous and the same. And all you're gonna get is calamity and chaos because it wasn't meant to be that way. The Bible says that the Lord God made them in Him image, both male and female. There's only two sexes, He made them. Now we are equal, men and women are equal, okay? We are equal in value, we are equal in our standing with God. We inherit the same blessings, whether male or female. However, we have different personality types. We have different strengths and different weaknesses. And this is important for us to define in a world that makes us all wanna be the same. Because in our thrust to find equality and value as, as women. And there were seasons where, where warfare needed to be waged and fights needed to happen. However, have we extended our grasp to a point where it's not helping us but hurting us, where we have, we have tried or jumped into spaces and places that we were never meant to occupy and instead caused distress instead of bringing freedom and liberation. So I wanna talk today about Elkanah, the the man that supported and stood alongside this woman, Hannah, who had this miraculous breakthrough. I wanna bring out four thoughts from his life that I am really, I'm wanting to speak to, to the men today, to be an advocate for women. I know that you want your wife to be happy, and I know you want your home to be harmonious, And I know you wanna be the best husband that you can be. So the Word of God, you can't go past it for inspiration and truth and the the model of how to do things rightly. So I'm gonna bring four thoughts from Elkanah's life of how he loved his wife in such a way that she could have a breakthrough of this magnitude. The first point, Elkanah, or he, loved her in season and out of season. In 1 Samuel 1, 4 to 5, it says this, And whenever the time came for Elkanah to make an offering, he would give portions to Peninnah, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb. Men, I wanna ask you this question. Can you love your wife during seasons of barrenness? 
And I'm not just talking about the physical kind of barrenness. I'm talking about the changes of the seasons. How many of you have seen the movie The Notebook? If you haven't, you need to watch it. Now, do you remember the first time you saw that movie? And really what, I mean, that movie was divine. It was divine. It was heaven sent. And what did we love so much about that movie? The fact that we got a two-hour window into looking at what unselfless or unselfish love looks like. Every woman wants a man like Noah who will love her like that. And I remember watching that movie with my husband and the rest of the audience in the movie theatre. And at the end of the movie, people didn't move. They just sat there. It was like a sacred moment because we realised we had observed something that had literally dropped down to earth from heaven itself. And people just held each other and they wept and they cried. And Yoga and I were one of the people sitting in the cinema, like, we want to love like that. And one of the... One of the most powerful scenes in that movie is when Noah's children come to visit him and their mother who did not remember them because she had dementia and Alzheimer's. And they said to him, Daddy, please come home. Mama doesn't know who we are and she doesn't, rem- and she doesn't remember you either. And he just looks at them steadfastly and sincerely and says, kids, that's my girl in there. This is my home now. Your mother is my home. I'm telling you, there will be seasons, maybe not that one, maybe you'll never, and I hope you never experience that, but there will be seasons in your life when God is asking of you to love your wife through seasons of barrenness. And I'd like to say that women always handle their feelings and their emotions well, but that's just not the way she was designed. (laughs) She is a feeler. And in all you're hoping that she would respond like you to crisis, she just may not respond like you to crisis. And the reason that you married her is because she's not a man. And she's gonna, she's gonna carry things a little differently to you. Think about what it takes to bring a life into the world. For men, it's like a 10 to 15 minute job doing the one thing they think about doing every second of every day. But for women, it's a nine month process. True for the creation of life, true for other things. There will be times where she processes things a little differently to you. And it's not then where you say, well, you're not giving to me, so I'm not giving to you. I'm not having my needs met, so I'm not meeting your needs. You know where leadership starts? Here. When you go first, when you can give, even in seasons of barrenness. So the change of life, and it's not lost on me that many men decide to trade in their wife around the time when she's going through hormone graduation. And you walk through the door and you don't know what kind of version of your wife you're gonna get that day. But can I say this to you? Seasons change. Hang in there. Winter always leads to spring. But I wonder how many men have tossed out a beautiful wife who was gonna get there in winter and they missed out on spring only to trade her in for someone younger who was also gonna go through a winter season. (laughs) Can you give to her when she cannot give to you? 
You know, there's a reason we make vows at the altar on our wedding day. And those vows, they're not made for the good days. They're actually made for the bad days. And that's, that's why I hate it when a more modern, progressive generation tampers with the vows. Don't be tampering with the vows, you guys. And they change it to, I promise to always make your favorite smoothie and I promise to always scratch your back. And I'm like, no, no, no. We want the real strap me to the wheel for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health till death do us part. There's a reason. Those vows came from a minister who looked at the state of the world and they're like, we don't need fluff. We need some robust vows to stand on that will be a bridge to get you over every set of troubled waters. I can't imagine Hannah was very fun. I can't imagine that a woman who, and in that day they were defined by their ability to bear a child, was a barrel of laughs through some seasons of her life. But the Bible says Elkanah loved Hannah and not only did he give to her, he gave her a double portion. There will be times, men, and, and I say this with all earnestness because I want you to stay married and love your beautiful wife through every age and through every stage where your wife cannot give you what you need. But a real man, a real leader, a man who really knows how to love a woman will still love her and give her a double portion. <laughs> what the world needs right now is man with the spirit of Elkanah. Somebody needs to clap that a little louder. <laughs> Ephesians 5.25 says, Husbands, love your wives. Seek the highest good for her and surround her with a caring, unselfish love. Let's just let that marinate for a second. Don't worry, I'm gonna get to the women folk. Don't worry. Just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. So I want you to understand here, what is Paul saying to the husbands? You are the chief minister in your home. When your wife looks like she's unraveling a bit, and she will because she feels things a little bit more deeply by divine design, that's when you are to discern rightly. Too many men have judged the behaviour and not looked at the why behind the what. What I loved about Elkanah was he realised this is a process and a grieving season my wife is going through and she doesn't need me to shut up shop and withhold emotion. She needs a double portion. Somebody say amen. Amen. Amen, amen Leanne. The second thought I wanna bring from Elkanah's life when a man truly loves a woman is he challenged her when she needed it. All right, we're a holistic church. We're a holistic church. She challenged her when she needed it. Look at this. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 7 to 8. So it was year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord that she, her rival, provoked her. Therefore Hannah wept and did not eat. Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? And why do you not eat? And why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than 10 sons? And listen, this is less of a question and more of a statement. 
And there will come times where that season of processing and grieving and having to deal with something and get through that mountain comes to an expiration date and it's time for a challenge. And this is where Elkanah finds himself with Hannah. And he looks across at her from the table and says, sweetheart, I love you. I have not demanded anything from you that you cannot give me. I have been generous. I have been kind. I have been patient, but it is enough now. And I'm telling you, they'll fight you. Every woman worth her salt will resist you in the beginning. But you know what every woman really wants? A strong male leader who will not just provide, protect, be generous, be kind, be patient, but will lead her. And if I'm honest with you, and I'll always be honest with you, my life is a result of the hard conversations that my husband has dared have with me. Challenge is a part of love. Elkanah was generous and he was loving and he was patient and he was gracious, but he was no lightweight. And right now, we need a rise of the Elkanahs, of the alpha males in all the best ways. You know, one of the saddest things that I have seen is miserable, unhappy women, and because their husbands will not bring a challenge to them, they remain that way, and then they run everybody out of their life, the kids can't stand them, they got no friends, and they're miserable, and, and the husband's doing nothing about it. Oh, I'll just send them to Cherish, and Pastor Leanne will take care of it. <laughs> Listen. I should only ever be amening what you guys are already saying at home. The Bible says out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word is established. And listen, if it's just coming from me, they're just gonna hate me. But if they're hearing it from you as well, Hang on, I need to be in control of my emotions. It's enough now. I need to surrender this to the Lord. I need to find myself on the altar. I need to have an encounter with God because my season of processing and grieving has come to an end. It's time to relinquish this to the Lord. I love it. He was a man who knew how to lead. And I wonder how many women are still miserable and unhappy because their husbands have needed to challenge them, but they're not. I remember a season like that in my life when I was just wound up about everything. I was living like the Tasmanian devil. And I would freak out about the house being untidy and I would freak out about the kids being noisy and I was just like on one perpetual freak out. And I had turned the, the atmosphere of our home into one of stifling terror. I remember one day I was on a tirade and all my arms were moving and my mouth was moving and my kids were scared of me. I had two little boys at this time living in New Zealand. I remember my husband just walking up to me, watching all this happen as I'm losing my mind. And he just grabbed me by the arms, quite firmly. And then he just started walking. And I was in shock. I'm thinking, where are we going? <laughs> and he opened the door and he put me outside and then he shut the door and locked it. <laughs> now men, proceed with caution. I'm not suggesting you do that. However, like Elkanah with Hannah, it was the wake up call I needed as I'm standing outside and my neighbours are walking past, walking their dogs going, what's Leanne doing? And it's amazing because I convinced myself I couldn't control it. 
I'm lashing out because of what you and these children do to me and how you make me feel and act. I can't control it. It's amazing how much I could control it when I was in public. When I was pushed out the front door and Mr. Smith walking past, walking his dog, looking at me. Oh, hi. Oh, no, I'm meant to be out here. I'm fixing things. If the truth be told, I wasn't fixing things. I was breaking things and I was sent outside because I needed a challenge, a wake-up call. And some of you, your wives have been living in a perpetual winter in an ice palace like Elsa. And it's time for you to step in and bring her the challenge. She will thank you for it eventually. First Corinthians 13, six says, love does not rejoice at wrongdoing. And there are some men out there and you're excusing your wife's bad behavior instead of challenging it. Cause you're scared of her. Oh, and she is scary. <laughs> May not seem like it now, but that well-timed and appropriate but gracious challenge will be the very thing she needs to snap her out of that funk and that attitude. It was the trigger of change for Hannah. Why are you so sad? Have I not given you everything? And why are you depressed? Am I not better? Look at your life. You are so obsessed with what you don't have and what you aren't that you've forgotten to see what you do have. It is enough now. This ingratitude, this complaint is causing a frost in our home that I will not tolerate anymore. Now that's a man. And that's a man a strong woman can follow. And you think, oh, if she'll just change. Well, well, God has actually gifted you a woman, given you this beautiful treasure of a wife. And there are times that you're gonna have to bring that word of challenge and it will make her better. It will make her stronger. And this may come as a surprise, but she will respect you more because of it. I respect my husband. Oh my gosh, we've had some battles and some fights. But at the end of the day, when I'm honest and I'm sober in my thinking, I'm like, God, I am so grateful for a man who did not let me get away with the worst antics I could possibly imagine. Amen, Leanne. Challenge is a part of love. Point number three. You hanging in there? When a man loves a woman, he listened to her and they made decisions together. Look at this. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 21 to 23. Now the man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer to the Lord yearly their sacrifice and their vow. But Hannah did not go up, for she said to her husband, not until the child is weaned, then I will take him, that he may appear before the Lord and remain there forever. So Elkanah, her husband, said to her, do what seems best to you. Let me read that one more time. Do what seems best to you. Wait until you have weaned him, only let the Lord establish his word. Then the woman stayed and nursed her son until she had weaned him. Do you know what we're witnessing here? A healthy marriage conversation. 
And I want you to note, she also did not say, I'm not going and you can't go either. If I have to stay home, then you need to stay home too. They had a conversation and each of their opinions and their perspectives were brought to the table. That's what a marriage is meant to look like. So if you look in the beginning when God created Eve and brought him to Adam, even when Adam wasn't even asking for a wife, he got one. Because God looked down from heaven and was like, oh, it's not good for man to be alone. And then the Bible says that he made a helper comparable. And I love that word comparable because what it means is a match. You're equal. This is someone that God has brought to you and they are gonna strengthen your weaknesses and your weaknesses are going, your strengths are gonna strengthen their weaknesses. It's a beautiful harmony. And so I love this picture of Elkanah because he wasn't a chauvinistic, misogynist husband who was like, it's my way or the highway. It's Sunday we go to church. He had a conversation with his wife. And he was doing what men do. Discipline, focus, commitment, vow. We got to honour the Word of the Lord. We got to honour the house of the Lord. So good, so right. But then she's thinking family. Well, I got this little baby and it's not going to be wise to take this baby on such a long journey. I'm going to stay home with her. He didn't demand his own way. And the Bible says in the book of Corinthians, love does not demand its own way. I want to ask you this question, husbands. Have you created an environment in your home for your wife to express her thoughts, feelings, and opinions? And not just express them, but really take the weight and process what she's saying to you. I love this story because in a time that was actually quite misogynistic and chauvinistic, Elkanah knew how to really love a woman. And many men would say, more than anything, I want a woman who is confident. I want a confident woman. You look at any list of any qualities that a man would say, I want to find in a woman, confidence would be at the top. But I want to ask you this question. If God gave you a confident woman, would she stay that way under your leadership? Have you created an environment for the gold and the gifting on the inside of her and the opinions and the feelings and she thinks how you don't think and that's what makes marriage work and that's what makes marriage harmonious. When you both bring ideas to the table and one does not have lordship over the other, at the end of the day in a healthy home, the person with the most responsibility, which should be the man, makes the final decision. But you're not making a decision without input from your wife who has been gifted by God to give you a perspective that you may not find on your own. And he's thinking church commitment. She's thinking looking after the baby. Both were right. And at the end of the day, they they each got what they needed and their family worked. There's a culture in the world right now of massive control. You think about what we're facing and you think about the things that are a collateral damage in a controlling environment. Humour, fun. We're cancelling everybody because everybody's offensive. We got, I mean, Mr. Potato Head is on the blocking, chopping block for goodness sake. When you find a plastic potato offensive, You've you got to kind of think about, but what's the issue behind the issue? It's an environment of control. Let me take it one step deeper. Think about North Korea. 
Kim Jong-un. Can anyone here, without Googling, name one comedian that has come out of North Korea? I'm waiting. No, there's none there. Can anyone name an incredible artist to have, been, to have come out of North Korea? No. And actually, if you look at the art of North Korea, it all has King John Un and King John Il, his father, in it. It was a massive dictatorship. And the first things to be put on the chopping block when you have an environment control are fun, life, joy, creativity, independent thought. God bought you this beautiful gift of a woman because she has something that you don't need and she will either flourish or be smothered under your leadership. And if you have a feisty woman, you will run her out. But if you have a slightly agreeable passive woman, you will grind her into the dust. Wouldn't that be a shame? When a man loves a woman, he listened to her and they made decisions together. There's always a story behind the story. And I love Elkanah because he shows us that a really awesome woman like Hannah doesn't just happen. There's an environment that she's placed in. And there's a reason, I believe, that God created Adam first and then he waited and then he bought Eve. In other words, Adam, can you create an environment and foster a culture where I can deliver my precious daughter the finale of creation and she will be loved and looked after rightly? God's still asking that same question today. He listened to her and they made decisions together. And lastly, he led his family in the ways of the Lord. It says in 1 Samuel 1.3, this man, Elkanah, went up from his city yearly to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts. In 1 Samuel 1.21, in just one chapter, we see this man honouring his vow to the, God, to the Lord, his commitment to the house of God. This man led his family spiritually. And I would say after pastoring for many decades, one of the biggest griefs I see in the lives of women is when their men don't lead their household spiritually. And they have to convince their husband to go to church in the morning. And they have to bribe their husband with sex to go to a merge conference. <laughs> I just gave some men some ideas. Whoops, didn't mean to do that. And they long for a husband who will pray with them, who will pray with their children, who will lead their family in the ways of the Lord. And I love Elkanah because this was the kind of man he was. He built a culture in the home of giving and generosity to the Lord, of church attendance, of prayer, so much so that when his wife faced a seemingly insurmountable challenge, such was the culture that this man had built in his house that this woman who was called barren, not only had a baby, but went on to have six children. Wow. What a legacy. I hope today that I inspire you to stand up and be the spiritual leader in your home. Every woman, she doesn't just want a provider in the natural and a protector in the natural. She wants those things spiritually too. She wants you to hear from heaven. She wants you to be engaged with God. You are the chief minister in your home. Who would have thought that the way Elkanah loved his wife would lead to the legacy that it led to? Not only did this barren woman have a baby, she gave birth to Samuel the anointer of kings, 
the prophet who tipped oil on the head of King David and started the lineage of Jesus Christ. Wow, what a legacy, what a legacy. Women are looking for spiritual leaders. I love what Joshua said. He said, as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. So it wasn't just going, as for me, I'm gonna serve the Lord. I'm gonna rock on with my bad self. Hey, buddy, where's your family? Uh. As for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. So on Sundays, he's bringing his family, he's bringing his kids, and even the kids are like, I don't wanna go. Everybody there ignores me. Well, look, who's the leader? Who's the leader? My kids don't wanna go. Who's in charge? Are they under 18? Are they living off your, your welfare and your benefits? Get your bit. When the family goes to church, you come too. Everybody ignores me there. Well, just come to church. You can be ignored at church because you're going to get ignored at home as well. So just get in the car. Get in the car. You're coming to church. I was astounded actually in 2020 by the amount of parents that let their teenagers lead them. Our, our country went through quite a lot of crises that needed strong male leadership and input. And parents who were more interested in being their kids' friends and not being the spiritual leader have missed it. And you know what? I have not seen it end well. Those kids aren't happy, they're unhappy. And I would say to you today, right now in this era where there is so much mass confusion, we are needing male strength and leadership more than ever. The Bible goes on to say of Samuel, who ended up being this miracle child of Elkanah and Hannah, that Samuel, in a time when the Word of the Lord was rare, God spoke to him. Isn't that amazing? Right now we're in a time of confusion and I've no doubt that God is speaking, but not everybody can hear Him because there is a lot of competition for the airwaves. Man, the way you lead your family and set up your family to honour God, the way you love your wife, who would have thought loving your wife rightly would lead to such a legacy? The Bible says that in a time where the Word of the Lord was rare, the Lord spoke to Samuel. Amongst all the confusion and all the noise and all the deception, he had a clear channel to the Word of the Lord. Don't underestimate what this means, what your devotion to God does. It does matter. It does matter. It absolutely matters. I heard a statistic just recently. And you've probably all heard this, 50% of marriages end in divorce and it's so sad. But I want you to know this. The statistic drops markedly from 50% to 1% when both people in the marriage attend church together with their family every single week. I mean, that's, that's an outstanding statistic. So don't think it's insignificant. You're one of the wisest, smartest people in the world when you build your family life around a devotion to God. In one chapter, we see Elkanah bringing offerings, turning up to church, honouring his vows. Don't think it's insignificant. Building a culture where he's leading his family spiritually. This is what it looks like when a man truly loves a woman. It leaves a legacy that reverberates through the end of time. You think about all the collateral damage that's happening in our world today. Is not one of the issues the fact that we have had a deficit of male leadership. In our fighting 
and our blending and I am woman, hear me roar and oh no, I'm starting a man movement. Listen, all, in all that, in all that, can we hear the Word of the Lord? Can we hear and get a, a clear Word from heaven about how things should truly look? Because I know that this story shows us when a man truly loves a woman, everything shifts when he can love her in season and out of season and she's gonna have some seasons. When he can challenge her when she needs it. When he sees her potential and calls out the gold from the inside of her. I am the woman I am because my husband has been my greatest encourager. He's drawn out giftings and talents in me that I didn't even know were there. And when God gives you a woman, my gosh, you should get her better. You should leave her better than you found her. Not worse off. Like I, I'm gifted a girl, but I'm, I'm shaping a woman, a woman of God. I thank God, like ev everything I am, the potential I have, the platforms I stand on, the influence I have, the kindness and the joy on the inside of me is because I've had a husband who has loved me rightly, who has seen the gold even when I couldn't see it and drawn it out and led our family spiritually. Guys, we have need of you. We have need of men of strength, Elkanahs who will stand up in this hour. Now the name Elkanah means God made, made by God. And we're in a culture right now that wants to shape men according to all kinds of things that aren't helpful. In this hour, can you let the hand of God come on, like, on you like it did in the beginning where God formed man from the dust of the earth and into his nostrils he breathed the breath of life and become a God made man. You're gonna have to swim against some culture. You're gonna have to shake off some residue from your family of origin. You're gonna have to get rid of some paradigms. You're gonna have to fight your own internal battles, but I'm telling you the results are worth it. The results are worth it. When a man loves a woman, the whole axis of our world shifts and the future becomes brighter. Amen, amen, that'll do. That'll do. And I wanna to say today, men, we love you, we honour you, we esteem you. In this church, we're all about doing things the right way. And I can't even imagine, look, I thank God I wasn't born a man because I know the burden that is on your shoulders. And there will feel like there are times when it's you and God against the world and you don't have anyone but God, but you were already fashioned for that. In the beginning, God created man. He brought Adam first before anybody else was there. So you would get used to kind of just being you and Him at times. And there will be times when you have to carry the whole family because your wife is gonna feel things deeply. And it feels like I'm holding my wife and she's holding my kids. Exactly, but God's got you. God's got you and you are made by God. You are God made, you are not fashioned by this world. You are not fashioned or conforming to the patterns of this world. You are God made, you got this. Lift your hands to the Lord. Father, I thank You. I thank You. I wanna thank You today for the beautiful men of Awakened Church. Emerge men who have dedicated themselves to loving You, to loving their wives, to loving and raising their families in the ways of the Lord. Father, I thank You right now for strength upon every man. We esteem and we encourage them today. And for every single woman in this place who has not, who has not spoken well of men, who has used her tongue to pull down instead of build up, Father, I thank You today that things are about to shift. 
She's gonna start to use her voice to esteem and encourage and cheerlead. Father, I thank You for these strong men and I thank You that these strong men will create a culture of strong men. We speak life over them today. We encourage them. We speak joy and strength in Jesus' mighty Name. And somebody shouted, Amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenchurch.com.